everybody. I'm Jeffrey Lonnon. And I'm Monica Hickey. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. All right, so you probably noticed that this episode is a little bit different, um, not like the others. Kelly, our wonderful co-host, is on vacation, and so we're not going to make a record. What we are going to do is have one of our producers, whom you've met before, jump in, tag team this with me. Um, Monica, welcome to the podcast. You've heard from her from time to time, re some games that we've done, but you've really not gotten to know her. And so we're going to play a little game here, which is our quick takes, uh, Monica. How's it going? Oh, it's good. I'm very excited to be on this side of the microphone this time around. <laughs> Normally, I'm just like typing away being like, I think this joke is funny. Will they say it? So we'll see. This is the test. This we'll is the test, indeed. Yep. Um, we are thrilled to have you here. So thanks for joining. Let's get cracking. First question of our quick takes. What is a quote that you love? This is very ironic since we're on a podcast, which is mm. about sharing opinions and thoughts in our voice. But uh, I really love the quote, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion, uh, which again, we're now sharing opinions on the podcast. <laughs> we, we are doing that. Um, but I would like to say that like we are doing, there's something that happens like the alchemy of a podcast, right? Like it becomes kind of an action. Right. That's fair. That's fair. No, I, I know mean, that's it tough. is that's an tough, action. But it's, a tough, it's a beautiful quote. It's a beautiful quote. Like we'll, we'll, we'll allow it. All right. What is the cringiest trend that you have tried? Now I know one and I will probably talk about it if you don't, um, but, but let's see what you've got. <laughs> I mean, I've tried a lot of the cringy trends. You really have. You've been such an adventurous <laughs> I'm terrified of what you th- what you're going to say. <laughs> well, it's not really I cringy. Was... It's a trend. I will. I, I will get you jumped on a trend when I I first met you that shocked me. Knowing you now, but I will. We'll, we'll, there's some history here, okay, so we'll, mean, we'll let you go first, and then I'll we'll let talk you share about... that one. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Fine. 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 So when I first met Monica years and years ago, she had done an undercut you had oh, shaved yes. part of your head and and knowing you now i truly <laughs> cannot imagine that you would do, i mean like you're such a good sport there's another story there that we won't get into as to to why this happened but but yeah it was like a big old flank of hair just, oh yeah and i can't even imagine you returning to that and again i'm not saying that it's cringy it was a trend this was everywhere a number of years ago yeah that's I don't fair. think that Ke- that's the one. I like what's what's happening now for the for the the record. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, Kelly. Uh, Kelly always says like literally once a week that that was her favorite hairstyle that I've ever had, and that she's favorite? just going to cut it in my sleep. Yeah, every like oh literally once God. a week. <laughs> but no, that was it was cringy once it started to grow out. Let's that's, be clear. And, that, and again, I I don't I will not say that it was cringy. It was a trend <laughs> that you jumped on. The, the grow out, as everyone knows, who's had one of those, that's that's where it's the toughest, where rubber to meets the To do it road. right, you really have to cut the rest of the hair, right? And uh-huh. I just wasn't, I didn't have, you were not willing I didn't to have go the there. kahunas to do no. it. No, no, no uh, I feel That's that. a good one. That's a good one. I said, I said, and this is probably more cringy, but I really, <laughs> especially like growing, like living in the Midwest, I love a good at home fake tan. And I've had some real streaky ones, like where, you know, you're just like, it's Friday night, you gotta, gotta go get out it with in. the girls, yep. and yep. all of a sudden you just realize you only got half your arm, you know, like no big deal. It's kind of like a no contour. It makes yeah. you look a little bit skinnier in the photos. So and these things happen. Um, I feel like we've all <laughs> we've all been there. I've certainly been known to experiment with an at-home tanner that's gone awry. Um, so that's relatable, relatable content. We love that mm-hmm. on quick take. Okay, shampoo bars, yes or no. Okay, so to full disclosure, I have not tried, but I'm up for anything that's more sustainable. I recently was at like a family event and there were like 20 kids under the age of five. And Mm -hmm. for some reason I was the only adult playing with them and no one had taught them how to recycle. So we spent like three hours where I basically created games where the, like the results or the the prize was a juice box, but they weren't allowed to have the juice box unless they like stood by the recycling bin and (laughs) threw it in afterwards. So we love that in that, I think, you know, shampoo bars, let's do it. If it's better for the environment. Cool. Yeah, I really need to get on that and do it. I'm, I'm it I've been slow to that. take it up, but yeah, I bet it sets well. You know, like yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, I mean, it's been around for a minute. It's not like this is the the first generation of these items. Um, so I am gonna need a purple shampoo bar soap though. Like I can't need still need the toning yes, capability. So yep. 
So if that doesn't exist yet, that might be where we go next um, here on the tease. Okay. Um, Totally shifting gears. What animal are you most like? Okay. So I did not have a good answer to this. So I mean, who does? This is why it's like quick take what's happening. Because I don't think that I would come up with a good animal at all, but quickly, definitely not. So anyway, what is it? So I took a quiz. It's Mm -hmm. the eagle, according to the quiz. But here's the best part. The eagle in me wants to soar, but there's also a hippopotamus in me that wants to wallow in the mud. (laughs) So the article said in the response to my answers um, that and outdoor jobs are coveted for the eagles more, uh, for instance, like construction work, um, park rangers or piloting in the friendly skies. Uh, they don't work well in offices and they become unsettled and perform poorly unless they're challenged. So it's like, Ooh, I'm not really sure, That's, but some, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit and be a construction worker. New plans. <laughs> that is something that we definitely do not want for you at all. Um, but you know, if that is what ignites your eagle fancy, you know, <laughs> we, we also support that here on this podcast. Follow your sure. passions. Um, I do think that the hippopotamus thing is really fun. Um, I do not associate you at all with being a hippopotamus for the record. Uh, Okay, before we get into the rest, we've got one last question. And that is, what is one product that you, Monica, in this moment cannot live without? This is because I have a steady diet of like six podcasts a a day is kind of what Mm -hmm. I listen to. And so Mm -hmm. I basically invested in everything that all my podcasts have ever advertised. Uh, So we should probably get to advertising on this one too, but Mm -hmm. I love my quip. I love that it vibrates. I love that it makes it easy. I love that when I go to the dentist, they think I'm flossing. So it's pretty great. I love it. Oh, that guilt trip is so real. Like, are you, you know that I'm not. Are you asking? I should get a quip to avoid this very situation. Literally. Like I was like, Hey, yeah, no, that hurts. And she's like, you need to floss more. And I was like, but what if, yeah. That doesn't happen. Didn't. <laughs> right. And she was like, well, give me an electric toothbrush. And I was like, oh, I know just the one. Thank you to my podcast. So plug, that was plug, pretty great. Plug. I've gifted them to everybody in my family. I've gifted them okay. to my partner. Everybody has a clip. So thoughtful. All right. Well, thank you for taking these quick takes, Monica. I feel like we all now know you a little bit better. Um, we knew yeah. you, um, but now our listeners <laughs> do. So great. Fair. Welcome. Let's get into the podcast, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, On our last episode, Kelly talked with Ian Murphy. Ian is the president of Bosley MD and is a seasoned global beauty business executive with over 30 years of experience. In roles ranging from sales to marketing to international business development, Murphy is a trailblazer within the category and has represented beauty conglomerates such as Redken, Wella, Garnier, and Bioionic. He's currently at Bosley MD, the Thinning Hair Authority. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are in enacting change and creating a better world, make sure to subscribe, rate and review, five stars only, please. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. I really didn't consider for a moment that our listeners would do us that dirty and give us a one-star review. Um, It's better. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think you really nailed it. Please, five stars only. We should probably update this messaging. (laughs) All right, look. And on this week, we've got a special interview. Kelly, before she went on vacation, talked with Jeff Garner, romantic visual artist, pioneer, and unconventional designer. Jeff Garner and his sustainable label, Prophetic, are on a path of transformation, leading the evolution of fashion and changing our perception of luxury. Mr. Garner was named one of the top 40 artists in the U.S., and his works were placed permanently into the Smithsonian's Renwick Gallery for the 40 Under 40 exhibition. Incredible. Garner's vivacity and his commitment to creating distinctive, sustainable, eco-friendly fashion is a reflection of his environment. His ultimate vision to bring awareness to the toxins found in commercial synthetic fashion and the health implications to the human body to allow everyone choice. Prophetic is established in the U.S. and is fast becoming the label synonymous with fashion-led ethical design in the United Kingdom with widespread praise from mainstream fashion media. Kelly talked with Jeff about his journey, prophetic, and the importance of sustainable fashion. Buckle up. You're not going to want to miss that. But before we do that, what are we up to, Monica? Well, before we get started, I have the rant for today. And Mm -hmm. I am very excited about this because Jeffrey and I, in pre-production, both committed to trying this trend. And so the Zoe Report came out with an article about the fall 2020 beauty trends, the fall 2022 beauty trends. We do not care about 2020 anymore. 
And one of them, I mean, some of them were fine, like whatever, like natural hair color, fine. But Shock. the bleached brow, I am super, 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 super excited for. I'm a brunette, like really, really, really dark brunette normally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now I have blonde hair. Mm-hmm. What I'm very excited about is getting a bleached brow. Do tell Jeffrey, would you do it? So absolutely, without hesitation in a second. Um it doesn't really seem to me like this is a trend exactly. I mean, maybe it's been a thing that they can sort of project for fall, but like, I feel like every so often we have a bleach brown moment. It always looks good. It always delivers. It's super weird in the best way. Um, and I've committed, so I'm going to do it. Um, we will have some video content at some point oh, yeah. with me and a bleach brow. I've got bleached hair. We might wait for that not to be a thing. And then we mm-hmm. bleach them, but we're going to do something. Um, I'm, all on board. I feel like it changes the face shape in a really yeah. cool way. Like you look a little bit like an alien, right. but not in a bad way to be clear. Like, no. I, I just think it's, it's dope as hell. Everybody should do it. And I'm going to, I think damn it. With your beard too, it's going to be like really striking. Right. So I think that would be cool, but I think we can all do it. We'll convince Kelly to do it. And then we can create a TikTok of all three of us dyeing our hair blonde. Yeah, I, I feel like she would blonde. rather kill us than bleach <laughs> off a brow. Um, but you know what? We've said it. We've said we've, it on the podcast. We've it's going to be it published. Mm-hmm. So she can't go back, right? Like, this is it. That's that's one way of thinking about it. Um, well, <laughs> if you guys are into the bleach brow trend as much as we are, let us know about it. Please get in touch. Um, if you go ahead and make the plunge and bleach off those brows, why don't you go ahead and tag us um, and we'll share it. We want everybody to embrace this trend. Um, I'm saying that. I'm putting it out there. Let's do safely, it. Safely, though, to be clear, safely. Don't do oh, it. Yes. Don't do it yourself. If you are not a pro and you don't know how to work your way around bleach developer, go and consult with someone um, and then tag us in those happy results. Pros only with bleaching or lightening, as we say, right? Mm-hmm, indeed, so, indeed. all right, let's talk about what's <laughs> trending on the tease.com. Uh, our editorial team, which is your team, has been hard at work this week in covering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but should. And so I have a few favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. And the first one is thanks to Barbie core, pink hair is majorly trending for summer, which is almost over, but you know, summer. <laughs> So, I mean, we talk a lot about grabbing that pink color and making it happen. I mean, the the photos from the Barbie movie are just sensational. So super excited for that trend them. for Halloween, right? But my question to you, Jeff, is it's been well documented in this episode and others that you change your hair. Mm-hmm. Will we get a pink mullet from Jeffrey coming soon? It's interesting that you said mullet because I was revisiting some pics Um my wife is printing out some stuff for her new office. We were looking at like some Disneyland and I had a like the perfect baby mullet at that point. So I'm thinking of returning to that. Will it be bleached and pink? I don't know. But would I before that go pink? Probably. Um, so I'm going to get rid of this blue here quickly. I would not be upset about pink. Um, Barbie, pink Barbie pink is oh, a yeah. little intense. No, do it. But I do like this trend. Barbie core, I'm into, even though Vogue says that we shouldn't be into cores um, anymore. I don't know how I, but I, I just feel like this is the moment, like summer, but also like 2022 is weird as hell. Like let's all embrace it. So I'm, I might, how about this? I will bleach a brow. I okay. might go pink. I love it. Pink for sure. Barbie pink is where it's like a little bit, is that too, too far for, for me? But here's the thing. It's gonna, it's gonna fade. That's what we know about those bright, vibrant colors, right? So it's only going to be Barbie pink for like two days. Yeah. For like a minute. And I could probably handle that. Um, All of that is to say TBD, but, but open to it. Tech avail. I'm tech avail on this. Well, Barbie core isn't the only color trend this summer. Um, We have another article that's about the three hair color trends to look out for this summer, according to colorist Carly Zanoni. So summer's heating up, as we talked about before, it might be time to switch things up. So especially with days getting longer and warmer, there's a lot going on um, sort of outside in the world. And so there's a lot of trends that she's pulled through. And I personally feel really, 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 really guilty for discussing this article <laughs> instead of Kelly, to be honest. And I know, the reason this is, speaks to her. 
there is no other human I know who loves a va va boom 90s blowout more than one Kelly Ellers. And that's one of the biggest trends that we covered. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell the rest of them because we want them, we want you to all go and check it out on the exactly. But letting you know that when you see the va va boom 90s hair, you can just imagine Kelly's face like brightening up like none other. Truly. 90s supermodel hair there's nothing better honestly like i'm so glad that this is a trend and yeah we'll have to have kelly talk about it at a later date because we all know that she's striving for that and achieving it on most days so kudos to kelly but yeah go to the teens read that story come on absolutely Sorry, so sorry, I didn't have a question. That was just a comment, Jeffrey. I'm yes, just no, no. I editorialized here. <laughs> As it should be. But there is nothing to, to ask. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, and the last one that I wanted to cover is Fenty Hair is coming, and here's what we know about it. So, obviously, Riri, Rihanna, she's got a lot going on. The newest one is Fenty Hair. Um, so, she came out with a um, an LLC or a trademark for hair that was clips, barrettes, scrunchies, rigs, wigs, curlers, brushes, combs, hair extensions, uh, alongside a bunch of other things like styling, straightening, relaxing, and waving products. So mm-hmm. what I would like to know, Jeffrey, is are you here for Fenty Hair or what are your thoughts? Uh, this is a tough one because I think Kelly and I have long established that celebrity <laughs> beauty brands are a joke. But there are a few people that Shade. are an exception to the rule. Um, And she is one of, I mean, like we have established Fenty Beauty changed the beauty game for literally everyone. Fenty Skin, also incredible. I mean, the Amazon partnership with Savage Fenty. Like, I just feel like there's nothing she can't do. So I feel like she's going to do hair very, very well. Um, And there's a million other people in this space that are importing subpar products and packaging them. So I feel like if there's ever going to be a disruptor, who can sort of re, I don't know, like legitimize it. It's going to mm-hmm. be her. So I'm like fully yeah. here for it. I feel like she can okay. do literally no wrong. Um, I will be shocked if it's bad. If this rollout oh, is, yeah. is subpar or if the product is not good, you would really like, I just can't expect, I can't believe that that would be with like right. the team, the investment. She doesn't do shit poorly. She's not so, labeling things and just no, like bringing yep. in and putting her product on yep. it. Absolutely yep. not. Yep. So, so I'm with you on this, like cool world domination, Rihanna for president, <laughs> like let's do it. You know, I would allow her to be our sort of universe empress. Um, <laughs> he could do whatever she wants. More I'd like sign up. Yeah, no, president's not enough. She can do whatever the hell she wants. We're, when we're our yeah. aliens with our bleached, uh, our bleached mm-hmm. brows, Rihanna is our leader. So. Empress Rihanna. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Well, as always, there is so much going on at the T's. I don't know how you all have time to get it all done, but thank you to our hardworking editors. We're so proud to publish the stories that the salon pros and consumers care about. And next up, Kelly's conversation with Jeff Garner. A romantic visual artist, pioneer, and unconventional designer, Jeff Garner and his sustainable label, Prophetic are on a path of transformation, leading the evolution of fashion and changing our perception of luxury. Mr. Garner, if you will, or do you prefer Jeff? Mr. Garner, Jeff? Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, was named one of the top 40 artists in the U.S. And his works are permanently placed in the Smithsonian's Renwick Gallery for the 40 Under 40 exhibition. The uniqueness of Prophetic begins with the artist himself. Uh, Jeff's vivacity and his commitment to creating distinct, sustainable, eco-friendly fashion is a reflection of his environment. His ultimate vision is to bring awareness to the toxins found in commercial synthetic fashion, which we're going to get into today, and overall health implications to the human body um, to allow everyone to choose. The brand is established in the United States and is fast becoming the label synonymous with fashion-led ethical design in the UK with widespread praise from mainstream fashion media. A press favorite and prominent voice in the ethical fashion arena, Jeff dresses many artists such as Cheryl Crow, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, Kings of Leon, Susie Cameron, and many more. He won an Emmy in 2019 for his documentary on sustainable fashion called Remastered found on Amazon, which is a must watch. So Jeff, thank you for being here today. Um, I know that you are currently deep in design mode and we pulled you out 
So thank yeah. you for being here. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad I made it. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you made it too. All right. So that is quite an introduction. You've got numerous accolades. And we're going to dive into it. But first, we want to start out, you know, doing our homework on you. We know we know that you grew up on a horse farm outside of Nashville. And then yeah. leading into listening to a little bit of your TED Talk, sort of coming full circle into, into some of those things and where you grew up. But I want to talk about your background. Like, take us back to the beginning. Let's get to know you. That, that could be a long time. I'm, I'm <laughs> old, old now. Um, no, I started, I grew up. In Tennessee on a horse farm, simply being around nature taught me like biomimicry, how things, you know, why they're created, how they work, synergy of effect. So I started designing for all my buddies who are in bands or like, hey, be in our band. I'm like, no way, but I'll dress you. <laughs> and um, so I started doing stage wear and merchandise. Um, so I was designing print t-shirts for the bands and trying to make it cooler than your typical tour shirt. And uh yeah. So I went into the printing and designing the bodies and printing. And I was like, wow, this is very, very dirty. And so I learned really quickly about, you know, just that process and the polymers for the printing process and mm. off-gassing and people having health implications and toxins off-gassing and going through the dryer and the heater and blah, blah, blah. So it got me, you know, thinking, using my creative brain to like, okay, let's problem solve the manufacturing. Wow. As this is not cool. And obviously I have a heart for people, for animals, for, you know, just humankind. So I was like, I cannot do what I love and, or I can't make, you know, these commerce products for my bandmates on unconscious healthy sure. place. So that's when I, you know, I started working on solutions. So, uh, so this was 25 years ago. So, yeah. So at that time, everyone thought it was crazy. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm kind of a hippie, but <laughs> Um, I do, you know, I have that problem automatic brain. My grandfather was an inventor and worked for the Manhattan Project in Tennessee. So, wow. so I was able to come to the table with like viable solutions for everyone. So, yeah. So that's how it began. Okay. And so what was, do you recall back your favorite band shirt that you designed? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's many. Um, <laughs> you know, I did this retro Barry Manilow shirt that somebody recently just sent me a picture of like, this is yours. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, That's amazing. <laughs> but I like kind of the retro stuff when when the concerts was outdoors and more kind of free love and that kind yeah. of you know when people are like hand drawing concert mm -hmm. shirts and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the ones we now you know pay top top dollar for because it's going back. It's vintage, right? And yeah, I hate saying that too about my career. I'm I'm a, a little <laughs> over twenty years into, and it's like, wait a second. Where did yeah. the time go? <laughs> One of my funniest shirts was there was a Christian band called Audio Adrenaline, and I put dirty on the back and hot, <laughs> and then had this chocolate brown T-shirt. And then obviously they had a song talking about, you know, just cleansing, whatever. But I, I thought it was funny. It was like a play in words. And yeah. then like, I guess it bought my buddy's first house. So that was good. <laughs> oh, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So you're in Nashville, you're designing shirts. And then what takes you, what, what, what's your next step? Where did you go after that? So I left Tennessee, age 17, drove my Jeep to California. Okay. It's a typical, like not being understood as an artist type from family was supposed to go to West Point Academy at a full ride. So I rebelled wow. and mm -hmm. zoned and I went to the coast. I was like, I'm just okay. going to be a surfer. Okay. Um, I had one family friend at Pepperdine and she got me in on a scholarship and then I was able to pay my way through school because my buddy was an actor and put me on his agent and I booked a Barbie commercial and that paved my way through school. So I was able okay. to survive and um, was lifeguarding and, um, and then working for the Dean of Students. And then so Pepperdine was super supportive. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. So I, I'm finally supported as an artist because this community was more you know, free spirited in that sense. And I could be a long hair and, and not be judged. <laughs> so, you know, now I think it's different, but um, so I worked for ben, Barry Manilow Fleetwood Mac and Don Summer at their entertainment yeah. company. Wow. And so I started touring with them and doing kind of on a bigger scale, what I was already doing. And then I learned, you know, we were doing a lot of cut and sew and doing a lot of, you know, beautiful formal jackets for Barry, mm. et cetera. So I learned even more how that all operates and works. And then six years into that, I jumped ship and started prophetic. So wow. I wanted to do 
you know, something more, have a more deeper, you know, meaning. And I was just starting kind of the sustainable. I started doing prophetic as a sustainable brand. Okay. Uh, so that meant whatever I was working with textilers and developing hemp silk, you know, mm. combinations that didn't okay. exist. And, um, you know, I was using plant-based dyes that I really thought I was crazy using. I studied sure. in Italy and, you know, making these beautiful colors. And so, yeah. So at the time I was the kind of, I guess I was one of the first pioneers in the U S at least London. They were they had a few designers working and operating that. So I'd go show in London, my collections because they understood and I joined forces with them. We were trying to make it a bigger um, kind of conversation piece, you know, catwalking sure. about marketing for most brands. I was trying to do it for awareness and say, mm-hmm. Hey, look, you can make this beautiful gown. It looks gorgeous, but it's made of hemp and dyed with indigo and Giselle rocks it and things like yeah. that. So, um, you know, so that's kind of how it evolved. Amazing. And, yeah. That's great. So, you know, being a pioneer in this space there, what were some of the the naysayers, if you will, against some of the things that you were doing? Sure. It's always the commerce guys, right? So okay. fashions, you know, I even hate saying I'm a fashion designer because it it seems like I'm in the commerce business of sure. and a lot of those brands just knock off real designers and then mimic it and you know, put it on whatever and HMs are these guys and they just you know, it's unfortunate. It's not an art form as it used to be. Um, so, yeah, I don't, you know, it's, yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that was one of the major things is like, okay, unless you could prove that this new fabrication of hemp and silk mix, let's say, for example, that people want to buy it, yeah, you know, i.e. the bigger brands, mm-hmm. you know, these textiles wouldn't turn their big wheel to make it for me. Yeah, sure. So, I was leveraging the band merchandise against that and say, hey, I'll give you a big order for this and like, you know, doing a t-shirt, et cetera, if you'll do this fabrication for me. Oh, interesting. And I huh. use that for the, the dresses and the couture design. Okay. I was doing like, at that time at a wearable collection, I was doing maybe 90 pieces per style and that was mm-hmm. it. So in the eyes of production, I'm just a small, tiny guy that's yeah. going because they have to, you know, think about it like a will. They have to stop production every new totally. Right. Yeah. So they didn't want to stop it for 90 pieces. They can't mm-hmm. make the money, even though yeah. you're paying a dollar. So it's a, that was the hardship. It's like, for how sure. do, how do we get people on board of something they don't believe in for one? And mm-hmm. to talk to them about the science of it or the health implications. They, you know, they would listen, but they were like, well, this is how we've always been doing it. And yeah. look, I'm still living, you know, that kind of talk. Yeah. Right? Yeah like all right so yeah it's so interesting when we look back and even look to the future there's so many things in our lives that we've we've just done it that way and now we're seeing all the harmful effects of just doing it that way right (laughs) whether it's things we're consuming or wearing or um just doing to our bodies physically so um you know through that process did you have any mentors that helped guide you because it seems very much like uncharted territory yeah, no, exactly. I, my first designer that kind of influenced me was Joe, Johan Lindenberg, Jay Lindenberg. And then he taught me about detail and about doing things, not for the sake of the sale, but for doing it for the consumer. Okay. Okay. That's a great lesson. And then I had another mentor, Jim, I call him my hippie dad. He was my <laughs> best friend. Um, he just passed last year, but he taught me the idea of higher consciousness and we do things and operate out of that platform and, you know, just talking about karma and just the whole energy we put out and what we give, give to the world. So we make choices, not based on, you know, kind of selfish desires, et cetera. So you kind of guided me that way. Okay. And then I had, you know, retail pioneers like Fred Siegel who mentored me and like, okay, mm. you know, do that, but also, you know, do a sock or do a hemp box or do something that everyone can relate to. Okay. To pull them in. Where? Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. they could wear and touch mm-hmm. them till know the difference. Yeah. You know, great to have these grandeur, beautiful couture pieces that people see, but then they want to touch and they want to feel mm-hmm. and they want to test and they want to be like, why can you, you know, wear this 10 times and I have to wash it? It's because the hemp's antifungal, antibacterial, you know, mm-hmm. teach and educate in an applicable way. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Sounds like a good roster of mentors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. So yeah. switching over into fashion a bit more, I know that you mentioned, you know, you maybe don't want to be called a fashion designer, um, <laughs> but what does fashion mean to you at its core? You know, I, it, in my viewpoint, it's a creative art form in which we bring together textiles, dyes, and a, a concept silhouette design into living, into a living space. And, you know, there's art for art's sake and art for people's sake. So mm. you have these beautiful couture editorial pieces that are telling the vision of your style or what you see, like the feminine beauty or the masculine beauty, you know, and how you define it. And being a straight male designer, you know, I look at a woman's body differently, I think. Mm. And I just think that, like, for example, I think the beauty of a, a lady, you know, like her neckline. Mm-hmm her collarbone like mm-hmm. that so i emphasize that versus you know some of these things you're seeing where you're, you're barely like almost seeing a nipple or this mm-hmm. and that like, like that's to me that's too revealing so i'm maybe it's i'm more conservative but i see the beauty differently sure. um, so i think every designer has their own form of that beauty and art and um you know and i think we kind of lead that design. And then obviously you have the other side of fashion, which is trend set. So they look at our catwalks. So they look at our inspirations that we just kind of download and they put mm-hmm. it into like, okay, how can we, how can we monetize this? How can we think off this, this, you know, Jeff's doing this and this guy's doing this and like, Oh, I'm seeing a trend here. Like they're both using, I don't know, Hunter green in their collections. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. So, you know, that's how, so fashion is such a, you know, fickle industry. And that's why I, I use the word prophetic because I wanted to dive deeper. And, you know, I first started positive statements on t-shirts and then I evolved it into hmm. sustainable, you know, couture collection and, uh, you know, and pushing an envelope, making dresses out of cactus and seaweed and just kind of like, wow, you know, this, this can be good for you and the planet, yeah. you know, kind of opening that door. So, yeah. That's wild. I love it. <laughs> Very interesting. Do you have, you know, you mentioned that you look at kind of the male or the female form differently. Do you have a muse that you would, would love to dress, have dressed? What is, what is someone or something that you've created that you're proud of? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a romantic at heart and I grew up, you know, and watching legends of the fall. Oh yes. (laughs) And, and these kind of hero, hero type films and I always struggle with white knight syndrome and, you know, I had an older sister and my mom was a beautiful kind of Southern belle. And she just, uh, you know, she dressed well, you know, every day and made her own clothes as well. So did my grandmother's and, you know, and I, you know, but they would, they would work the land and be in the garden and work the farm, et cetera. So it was interesting dynamic of like, okay, they had this, you know, hard work ethic yet mm-hmm. they would get dressed at night. And it wasn't about, showing off and it wasn't about them it was like how they present themselves to the world like this lace this that you know i learned that like you know you look at these old pictures of old cities and everyone's 1920s 30s yeah. and, oh that's gorgeous yeah. you look today the same picture you'd be like i don't i don't wouldn't put that on my wall because no. i mean right and my friends make fun of me. yeah <laughs> yeah you right my friends make fun of me because like i won't go to like disney or go to a mall i've never been like because I call it eye pollution. Like I just cannot, because it, it, I know it sounds funny. But you can't it, unsee it. <laughs> right? can't see it. And I'm going to be like, whoever invented the short should be like, <laughs> in jail. Um, but no, and that's my perspective, obviously. Yeah. You know, I just think we've fallen away from the beauty and art form of dressing. Yeah. And it, because that fast fashion marketing cycle they want you to change your trend yeah. in three months and discard that clothing mm-hmm. that's how they that's why they they call it design obsolescence that's why they teach designers nowadays to design things not to withstand wear and mm. tear you know interesting yeah like the shirt i'm wearing is hemp and i don't know if you can see but see, I patched yeah, it's cool here. yeah but i've been horses in it a hundred times and it got it was used to be off-white and then it got too dirty so I dyed it with indigo and then I patched it, you know, uh-huh. and this, yeah. you know probably That's the cool. year of it. So, hmm. you know, it's things like that, that, so I don't have to go back, you know, not that I bought, you know, I make my clothes, but say I bought this, I wouldn't have to go back. And so, right. you know, the, the designers, the mainstream designers want you to go back in store and buy more. 
Yeah. And that's the same in the game. And so that's where that model doesn't work. At some point, it's going to eat itself. There's no totally. way to continue to withstand that, you know, to keep up. There's no way. So I think consumers need to kind of say, hey, I, I want to buy pieces that I'll pass down to my future son. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. Right? Yeah. When do you think that tipping point is that it sort of eats itself? Are we here? I is it know, on the verge? We've been doing that for years. And obviously COVID, I think, put a lot of those guys yeah. out of business because they couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, but they've also, you know, they've, they've, they've made their money. And fortunately they set up a model that people want to follow suit. Even, yeah. you know, I don't right. know if we can ever put that model down because it, unless the consumers get behind it and say, I'm just not going right. to buy more. But the, the, you know, reality is, you know, and I talk about this a lot, but it's not just about awareness, but it's about addiction. So mm-hmm. if you have a date this weekend, you're yeah. basically addicted. You want to feel good. So you want to buy something new and fresh, even though yeah. this woman or lady hasn't seen you in it. You want to mm-hmm. show up. Good point. The, you know, yeah. and so that's an emotional purchase. So it's hard and they don't want to obviously go buy something $600. It's maybe... Mm-hmm sustainable and it's going to last forever because they're going to wear it for this one date and then probably mm. you know. yeah so it's a hard thing to really break that cycle yeah and plus you did de- you're dealing with obviously we're dealing you know with a, an economy that's that's kind of unstable right now so people don't want to spend the money sure and so they just aren't making the money and so there there's that issue as well but because for example the hemp fabric i'm wearing is about 10 times more expensive than some synthetic fabric and sure. that's while it is not let I'm saying, oh, I'm prophetic and I should charge X. Mm-hmm. It's not a marketing charge like a lot of these luxury brands. It's a, you know, my fabric cost me X, my dot plan mm-hmm. cost me X and this labor. I have to charge this to stay even. Sure. So it's a true cost. And there was a film that Olivia Firth was a part of years ago talking about the manufacturing we call the true costs of clothing, et cetera. But, you know, we're in. You know, again, buying T-shirts from H&M Zara that are seven dollars. That's what mm-hmm. we bought for in the seventies. But yeah. gas is more, cars yeah. are more, food is more, living in you know everything's gone up except for clothing. Mm-hmm. That's not a real cost. So my cost, if I was using local production and real fabric, or I say real fabric, natural fabric, <laughs> and you know, doing it in a proper way. Yeah. Would be, you know, my T-shirt should be forty dollars. That's a mm. real cost if we look at it. I'm paying fair labor, etc. So that's what people aren't realizing. Yeah, that's such a great point. You're right, it, and it's such an uphill battle from an education standpoint to mm. change those behaviors. And so, good thing we're talking about it today. <laughs> well, I do these things because you know, to your audience to hear this, and, and yeah, just got to ring true because people. Obviously, I'm more educated now. There's more access to, to knowledge and mm-hmm. so convoluted. And there's so much noise out there. Everyone's trying to grab this. Your phone's listening to you, trying to market stuff to you. Like mm-hmm. people are addicted to Instagram now. So it's like they're, you know, it's just, they're just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard feat. Yeah. Or so than when I started 25 years ago. For sure. Would you be so bold to say that fast fashion is killing the industry in some way? I think it's killed the spirit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the art has, has died. And I think even the luxury brands had a pivot that were more doing things in a, in a more wholesome way um, because they had to obviously compete, not compete yeah. with that price point, but at least give a more wearable, tangible collection to the general public so that they could keep going. You know? Yeah. And all the like consumer, like the Adidas and Gucci collabs and stuff like that. I mean, that's a little soul sucking too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And, and Instagram models and all that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a different, yeah. It, it's a different, different world today. Different yeah. worlds. So um, we're in, you're in design mode. Walk me through your creative process. Process. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So I, you know, obviously I don't know, but I do like, I'm a little sketchy oh, okay. and I do tech sketching and I like, you know, I lay out my fabrics. I usually work on my fabrics first and I bring them in. I'm like, oh, you know, and then I start shaping and doing the bodies 
Um, and then, yeah. And then I go to sewing um, and it's kind of that step. And then I'll add trim, add little, you know, like I make my buttons and this collection's called beyond the forest and I'll be showing okay. it in September, either in Transylvania or my to Transylvania and London. Oh, wow. Uh, Amazing. So the, you know, the buttons are made of forged, like I, you know, moss and stuff like that. Um, okay. The fabrics, I'm doing some moss on the, like as a fabric um, I'm doing, you know, more of the green tones. I've been using yeah. marigold flowers mixed in with indigo, like a double dye. So it gets the kind of blue sea, blue greens, et cetera. Um, I've been foraging just locally to see what I can come up with. You know, you think something might create a green, but it doesn't. And then you huh. add this variable to it and then it shifts and it's pretty awesome. Um, that's why I love like the art form of dying. Like there's mm-hmm. so many variables. The fact that I use ocean water versus like tap water for my dye vats, that changes it. The air temperature when I lift it changes it. Mm. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I just kind of keep flowing. And one night I may think this, next morning I wake up and I think this, and I just allow myself that space. Yeah. So I'm in like an old 1930s cabin right now. I lived in for 25 years in Malibu mm. and I just kind of, just kind of zone out. Yeah. It's a great and, place to zone out. Yeah, yeah it is. It's still in tune, but, uh, you know, that's that's kind of, I have to, you know, I tell all my friends and, you know, and uh, I tell my wife, I'm like, okay, I got, you know, just, you got to just leave me be. I'm kind of like, crazy. Mm-hmm. crazy artist is my time. I'm not going to make sense. <laughs> what is the most unexpected thing that you have foraged that made a very beautiful color unexpectedly? Well, um, a lot of barks I play with. Mm, okay. Interesting. There's logwood that gives off a beautiful, like, um, black and eucalyptus here in California is mm. amazing. Um, and, but it can go like a beautiful gold tone and then it can go gray. Uh, but it smells beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was using mint the other day in chlorophyll and that, gave me a beautiful mm-hmm. green color, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting. And then I tried seaweed, but that didn't work out too well. But again, it's the variables. So maybe it wasn't, yeah. it's like cooking is like, maybe mm-hmm. I didn't add the right ingredients to it to extract it yeah. properly and things like that. So, yeah. Okay. Very cool. What would you find is the most rewarding part of your work over the last 20, 25 years? It's little things. It's, like, for example, two days ago, I got a beautiful text message from a mom whose son, um, he, he has some health complications and uh, she's been buying him the hemp boxers because mm. he's been allergic to a lot of things and she felt it might work. Mm. And he tried them and they've been traveling in Europe, I think, for the last month. And he's been studying them and obviously... Um, hasn't been washing them every time and, and it's worked for him. So he's not huh. breaking out. He's um, loving the fit. He feels mm-hmm. confident in him. You know, it's for a mom and a young son who's been struggling right. with stuff. It meant the world to her. Yeah. And so it's little wow. things like that that I'm like, okay, this connected, this worked, this is amazing. You know, so um, many things to be put together at, the, at, at these micro moments to get there, right? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, that's, you know, why I keep going. I mean, I, I, you know, I lost my mom to breast cancer. So I believe, and, you know, we we haven't really talked about, but the, the toxins and there's heavy, you know, more dense heavy metals in the dye, synthetic dyes, all this stuff without getting too detailed, obviously goes into our skin, goes into our bloodstream and, and does cause health implications. Um, hundred percent science proves it. Um, there's tons of studies I could send your readers, but, um, you know, just think of it this way. We were designed to be naked, nude. Yeah. yeah. So what we put on our bodies, obviously there's the skin is very permeable and whatever we put on, it goes into it. There's not a filter system, you know, mm-hmm. not like kidneys, et cetera. So what we put in our bodies has some filtration, the liver, et cetera, but you know, our skin does not. So we've never taken the time to like, okay, what is this synthetic like stretch? Totally. You know? like Lululemon Panamera and everyday do to me. 
And then you see mm. these beautiful young girls doing yoga every day, eating, you know, drinking smoothies and super healthy lifestyle. And yet they're breaking out and have dermatitis, et cetera. It's because of the TDI and the stretch. There's a hormone disruptor. And they oh. don't realize that. So, you know, and again, it's like, I can't sit there and say that causes that or this cause, you know, because there's again, so many variables. What I can say is this is what's in it. Your body does take it in and it goes in your system. How it affects, hmm. no one knows, not even the doctors don't know. Like, it's, you know, the genetic people don't know. Like there's, there's no way to really have a study on that because everyone's environment's different, yeah. different or DNA structure, et cetera. So that's impossible. So anybody says they can, it's just like, okay. You know, that's yeah. But what you can say is that these variables will create this, will cause environment for this, et cetera. Just mm. like the bras, you know, your lymphatic system is such a beautiful system, but your bras constrict it and it mm-hmm. works like a clock that winds up. Um, you don't have to wind up, sorry. The movement creates the wine you're right and keeps it operating. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's how the lymphatic system works. So if you constrict it and don't allow the movement, it doesn't work. Yeah. And, and the nylon, the synthetic polyester nylon, whatever it's made of, is going to hold all the chemicals inside. And then you got your fatty tissues that act like it's like an incubator or greenhouse, let's say. So obviously that's mm-hmm. going to cause a reaction. So, right. you know, Victoria's Secrets has been sued over 600 times for breast cancer. You know, it's public knowledge, you know, but they don't want you to know that. They say it's the underwire and the bra, which causes, mm. you know, has a radiation from like our phones. And that is true, but that's not all the bras. That's, you know, yeah. bralettes, stuff like that. So it has to do with the fabrications and the dyes. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's why I'm still doing what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. To fly yeah. that I can get people just to think about it, have an educated decision. Do I want to take this risk? Maybe the idea that, you know, I should think about this more and that I should just maybe try something different, you know, right. but right now they don't have that knowledge and our wisdom to know, to ask for that artist. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with cotton panties. I don't mm-hmm. need, you know, I'm fine with cotton boxers. I don't need those skimpy polyester stretch ones, you know. Sure. Um, wow. That's so interesting. And such an untapped topic in, in mainstream media. It scares a lot of people. I've yeah. been blackballed by, from events, mm-hmm. from speaking at the Copenhagen Fashion Summit, um, from TED Talks, which we still put ours out there, but it's interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there's powers that be that don't want this information out there. Right. And they usually sponsor these events, you know. Totally. I mean, yeah. And they usually sponsor large mainstream media too, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. So there's a lot of money and a lot of advertising dollars on the table, which is which is sad, right? Um, it's but sad. it's where we are with a lot of topics. Yeah. Certainly. I always, so. always, I'm lucky my my family's, you know, my uncle ran the ATF forever, my other uncle DEA. And I'm like, okay, I'm protected, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> can they find you in Malibu anyway? Can no, you? okay. No, not trackable. Yeah, yeah. I I think it would be on character for you to be untrackable. Yeah, I can ride a horse faster than anyone I knew. <laughs> I'd like that to see seems on brand. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, any anything else on the toxicity of of clothing fashion that we should talk about or? as consumers be asking for brands, be, be talking about more? Sure. I think the simplest thing is just to, you know, obviously look at the tag, see what's in it. Yeah. Okay. It's synthetic. Stay away from it. It's not mm-hmm. breathable. It's going to have something in there. You can't pronounce that. You won't know what it is, but it's going to have a harmful effect. Just like in your food, you know, industries, you know, people are more conscious now. Um, but, you know, our grandparents used to know what every fabric was. They could touch it, feel it. Right. And you know, um, and then you also have natural fabrics that are being synthetically dyed. And I say, well, that's kind of like having mm. a wood, wood wall and then you paint on it. Well, the paint's yeah. toxic. So the wood no longer, it doesn't matter. That's what's touching your skin. True. So True. if you're looking for the options, you just look for the natural cottons, flax, linens, hemp, yeah. et cetera, that are, are not dyed. Okay. They are dyed. Find out what they use for the dye. Okay. 
but there is some homework in that because they don't mm-hmm. really want to give that information out because reason being is they're if they're in a commercial space or not doing plant-based dyes is too expensive. Yeah. So, um, get that. And that makes sense. Um, do you think they'll, there will come a time that brands will have to disclose certain materials or certain chemicals in the clothing that we're wearing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's policy changing policy. Yeah. Obviously, it takes a long, they've made a few in Europe there. They got, you know, some good policies going yeah. in effect. Um, it's going to take time because right now, imagine regulating that because like right now I can make this. Yeah. So my care label into it, nobody's going to check it. There's yeah. no way. There's not sure. enough power. Yeah. So I could say this is, you know, this is silk and it's not, it's hemp, you know, like, yeah, right. you know, say whatever it could be. So then there's an ethic, you know, moral thing to the companies and how do yeah. we check that? I don't know. You know, um, that's what they're up against. So, it's daunting. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're asking for these companies to be, have this moral integrity, be like, we should disclose yeah. what's honestly in our garments and mm-hmm. put a warning on it. If this is known to cause cancer and, or this or that, and just yeah. let people choose. But right. yeah, they're, they're running from that. They're just yeah. trying to avoid it at all costs. Yep. <laughs> and that literally at all cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it makes sense because then they would be out of business. And then everybody's like, well, Jeff, you know, what about that and jobs? And I'm like, well, then a company that would do the right thing will come into play and they'll hire those people that because that's a skill set, you know, sewers and that's they need, you know, everyone needs that. It just needs to be done in a different way. Yeah. So I'm not worried about, yeah, everyone losing their jobs and, you know, industry. It's just kind of. You know, right. Yeah. It's just retooling the job, the, the process, the education, the, yeah. the go to market, all of the things. But yeah, it's definitely an uphill battle, but one that you're fighting. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel like Mel Gibson and the Patriot. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw that, but the scene where like yes. all of the army's running this way <laughs> and he picks up the flag and he's running. <laughs> and you're like, huh? And then What's that guy doing? Like, Wait a minute, the flag's going that way. We're going that way. All right, I guess we'll turn around. And then they yeah. start that way. And then they waiting for the tipping point to turn. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like nobody's running with me. I'm like, oh. dang it, I'll keep running. Yeah. And then what's interesting nowadays, you got people trying to be the eco warrior themselves. So mm-hmm. then they're, they're like, mm-hmm. nah, they're not running with you. They're running that way and trying yeah. to their own i'm like well we're, we need to be on the front together to really create the change be stronger yeah. as a whole as a unit and so that that's causing you know diversion which is- and does that make your you know does it make your skin crawl a little bit when you've got those eco warriors and you're like wait a second i've been here <laughs> yeah. you know i am i'm human <laughs> luckily my hippie dad taught me an attachment that, okay but- okay the main thing for me is like they're sitting on a platform, say at the mm-hmm. fashion summit and they're wearing synthetic fabrics. And I'm like, Oh, you guys, like you need to be like, wow. you need, you're, you're the visual representation and yeah, well, come on, do wow. a better job. Fine. If you don't wear that stuff at your home and that's your thing, whatever. But when you sit in front of people talking about a subject matter, in which you're supposed to be a leader right. on, be wearing it, supporting it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seems basic. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems basic. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to make it or don't yeah. know it, call me. I'll dress you. It's fine. It's easy. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, but that's, that's what I'm seeing that it kind of disgusts me. It's just like, all right, yeah. you know, but, and, um, and you're seeing things like they're calling it circular economy where they're trying to keep plastic in use, you know, with polyester. Yeah. I'm like, that should be never produced again, but they're saying, Oh, well, you can recycle it and do this, mm-hmm. you know, green spun and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I, from a standpoint, it's better than new polyester, but you're mm-hmm. still using chemicals to make it still going on people's bodies and creating health implications. Yeah. Again, they can own this technology and they keep the synthetic in motion. Right. So they don't have to spend the money on the natural. Right. So yeah. it's like, so we're up against that too, because everyone's jumping on board and like, oh, it's recycled ball- bottles. I'm like, uh, oh, oh, what, what was? Oh, wait a sec. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sure they recycled that? Because from what I know, like they need to know the exact 
content makeup. Like if I want to recycle the shirt, I need to know exactly how much hemp and cotton's in it for mm. them to be able to use it. Okay. Nobody, you throw it in a recycle bin. You you throw think, it in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are they going to spend that manpower to look at it, to analyze it, to, you know? Yeah. No. So that's what, yeah. So we got a lot of kind of, what they call it the greenwashing sure. kind of the agendas, which again, create noise and distraction. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's why this movement really hasn't taken root because mm-hmm. all these. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Thank you yeah. for sharing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, if, you know, can the general public, like, where can we shop your line? Where can we find, where can we support you? Tell our audience yeah. a little bit more about that. Sure. I mean, we, like I said, we have like an intimate collection called Wolf and Rose that I created just for friends, really. Okay. And oh. so when I talk about it, I'm like, okay, I, I didn't have this anywhere to send anyone. I was like, okay, so I do hemp boxers and hemp underwear for ladies right now. Okay. And it's, a, it's an entry point, you know, and yeah. the other thing is the, the second thing you can do is change your sheeting in your bed. And the easiest thing to do is change your detergents mm-hmm. because they are the number one polluter, honestly, in clothing um, and to your body. So mm-hmm. Seven Generations is a great brand. Whole Foods obviously has done a good job of curating yeah. products that, you know, but Seven Generations is great. Okay. Borax is a natural cleaner. Yeah. But, you know, those are the first kind of baby steps. So, okay. yeah. So if you go to prophetic.com or wolfandrose.com, you can find, yeah. And then I'll make anything for anyone. So if somebody needs Amazing. something. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. That's awesome. It was so fun getting to know you. Wow. You've opened up my horizons, which is exactly the point, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just to, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So now we're going to move into what we call the tease quick takes, if you're oh. ready. Oh, yeah. I need, okay. need coffee for this one, I think. <laughs> I think I have a feeling you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is a quote that you love? Wherever you are is the entry point. Hmm. All right. And very applicable to your, your business, right? I think, your it's a, oh, yeah, yeah. Every, you know, you know, I, artists are full, full of self-doubt all the time mm-hmm. and they're looking for signs to start something, to create oh. something. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wherever you are, today's entry point. Like, just I like it. That's it. great. That's yeah. good. Okay. I don't know if you do a lot of Google searching, but if you do... <laughs> What was your last Google search? (laughs) I do not know. I do not know. It probably, I think it it probably was an actor or film director I met. Okay. Because I meet a lot of people and Mm -hmm. should know who they are. And (laughs) I don't watch TV, so I don't. And I feel, you know, I don't want to disrespect them. Yeah, right. So I, I will look them up on IMDb or something like that okay. and, and figure out their, their history and their background so I can speak from a. All right. Know. Yeah. I like it. Um, what is the cringiest trend that you've ever tried? Cringiest trend. Like, <laughs> you might not even be into trends. I yeah, mean, I as far as mainstream. I don't think so. I don't, I would say <laughs> probably not. I mean, everyone. Yeah, I've had the long hair and beard for a long time. It was like, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think I do trends. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. great. Okay. These these are great. Okay. Shampoo bars, yes or no? Have you ever used them? Don't know what that is. I yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Yep. So all right. So, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Okay. What animal are you most like? This one you've got an answer for. I know it. A horse, I'm sure. A horse, okay. A horse. Yeah, people say lions, I'm a Leo. I'm like, uh, not really, yeah. <laughs> All right, one is, what is one product that you cannot live without? My acai. Oh. Yeah, I eat acai every day. It's my source, yeah. Okay, awesome. I love it. Um, and advice for those who want to make it to the top of your industry, who want to be a game changer in your industry. Stay true to your vision. Okay. Don't listen to everyone else because they're on their own path. You're on your own path. Mm-hmm. And stick to that and um, believe in yourself and you'll come, you'll come to whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, this was so exciting to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming out of 
as you mentioned, design mode. We can't wait to see what you come up with for your new collection. Yeah, that will be September. I cannot wait to either. (laughs) (laughs) I never put it together until the end. So wow. just hope that the gowns kind of match each other. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. That's incredible. And it tells a story. It always does. You just have to trust it. So. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Well, yeah. wonderful to meet you. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you for helping me bring this out more. You bet. Well, that was such an interesting interview. So glad that we got to listen to it and we got to talk to Jeff. I mean, I, this, our, trend for our uh, whole podcast today seems to be sustainability, but Mm -hmm. the moss buttons, really, that's, that's what got me to be honest. That's a game changer. Um, The talk of foraging for stuff. I mean, like, why not? These materials and resources are available to us. Like we don't have to go fully synthetic or opt for things that damage the environment. So I don't know. I just feel like this, I'm now thinking about things a little bit differently. So we love that for a podcast. Great to hear a new perspective. I love Mm -hmm. it. Well, everyone, if you loved it, if you loved me, if you want me to come back, make sure that you tweet at us, make sure that you message us, but for sure, for sure, be sure to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at read the tease and send questions to volume up at the tease.com. Volume up is a tease media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey, who guest hosted and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.